welcome to the Into You Wellness Podcast. This is the place where we can explore health and healing and the magical adventure of living in this playground of life. Let's open and attune ourselves to all our potential within and once again be free to be uniquely ourselves. Welcome all. All right, it's great to be back. Today's episode, we're going to look at the mystical energy of the moon. So to welcome this magic of the moon and how it shines and glows and illuminates different amounts of light on us. And first of all, I want to go into that the moon doesn't actually have its own light, which most of us probably know that. It actually reflects the light from the sun, which makes this for this beautiful lunar views that we get. As the moon orbits around the earth, it makes the moon appear as if it's increasing or that waxing phase or decreasing the waning phase within the night sky. These are known as the phases of the moon, which the moon is not changing, but just the amount of light that we see from the earth. Another way to look at the phases of waxing and waning is looking at it as expanding or lessening. Now, let's go through these phases of the moon and how they hold their own special energy. There are technically eight phases of the moon, which consist of the four primary phases and the four intermediate phases. So first, let's look at the four primary phases. The first one is the new moon. Now, this is not the same as the dark moon, which I will get into in a moment. Then there's the waxing moon, the full moon, and then the waning moon. The new moon is the primary first phase of the moon, and it is sometimes identified as the crescent moon, and it's when the tiniest sliver of light appears in the sky. The new moon supports those early stages of developing an idea, an activity, or a plan, and really promotes betterment in your future. The new moon is also a time for new beginnings to start anything or some things that are new of any kind. It is a place of the starting point for exploring those new opportunities. And it's these opportunities of also not getting into that place of worry about what you may have missed out on, but it's about all those fresh prospects that are coming your way. You can think of this as planting the seeds with your thoughts and actions and that they will bloom and manifest in the near future. So this is the time to get ready. The next phase is the waxing moon phase. And this is when the moon appears to grow in size. It's the journey on to the full moon. And this is the stage where the moon is going to gain its intensity. And it's a great time to focus on amplifying and expanding those things that you may already have or that you want to take to the next level. Now, the question for you here is, what would be a good thing to expand or to increase. Perhaps it's your business growth or perhaps it's 
within a relationship. The waxing moon is also known as being this good time to improve all types of communication. And it's during the waxing moon phase that we can promote healing as well. All right, so let's move on to the third phase, and that is the full moon. This is where the moon looks like this bright light, that beautiful round circle in the sky. And it's said that this is the moon's most powerful phase. It's the time of fulfillment. It's the time that the moon shines so bright, illuminating and letting us know of her presence in the sky. The full moon is a time when we should really try to hone in on our thoughts and plans and picking those things to really make things pop and expand in and bloom in all their glory. It's also the time to increase your intuition or even your psychic abilities. Think of it as meditating and manifesting and moving, you know, oh my, these are the most intriguing things to do at this time. It's also truly about strengthening these vibes for a better outcome to come your way. All right, so now let's finally move on to the waning moon. And this is where the moon is getting smaller and it's after the full moon. This is the phase for releasing and concluding. So an example here could, maybe you want to lose weight and now is an ideal time as the moon is getting smaller and possibly this will help you to stay attuned to your new exercise regimen or diet plan. And it's the phase to also get rid of any of those bad habits or difficult relationships and just about anything else that is toxic, like negative thinking or any negativity. Now, I did mention that I wanted to touch base on the dark moon. Now, although sometimes people will refer to the new moon and the dark moon as this interchangeable kind of thing, I'd really like to take a moment and sort of separate the two of these. The dark moon phase can really run approximately anywhere between one and a half to three and a half days. And it really depends on the positioning of the earth and the sun. Now the dark moon is when the moon is not visible at all. And if your calendar shows a dark moon or even a black spot, it can typically occur before or after the specific day. Now, the best way is just to look up in the sky, and if you see a sliver of light, you know that you're looking at a new moon. If you don't see the moon at all in the sky, this could mean that there's that dark moon. And the dark moon is this time that brings this occasion for us to go into reflection and that soul searching, into really observing what may be going on in our lives. It's a time for us to be by ourselves for some alone time. And it's also a great time to dispense with those things in your life that you don't want, the things that you don't want to have a part of anymore. And when 
I think about the moon, I really take in this aspect that the lunar cycle is this amazing time when we're working with the moon to create intentions and magic or just to reflect on our life and the cycles of life. It's really the moon phases that can help us to create a new cycle in our own life. Now, I want to also touch base on the four intermediate phases here as well. And that is the waxing crescent. And this is the time that's after the dark moon, but still in that first quarter of the waning moon. And it's when we see a crescent of the moon and it's, it's actually less than half the moon. And then we have our waning crescent. This is the, when the moon is less than half and illuminated and gets thinner every night until it becomes the new moon or the dark moon. When that illumination is completely gone within the dark moon. All right, so the next one is the waxing gibbous. And this is the waxing crescent moon. And it's that time after the first quarter or you can think of this as when the moon's size still appears to be increasing and is more than half full. And then we have the waning gibbous. And this is after the full moon's maximum illumination. And it's when the light continually decreases. And this is also called the third quarter. All right, so as we go into the moon here, I just want to also look at some of those ancient beliefs about the moon and the importance of the moon to our ancestors. Now, within those ancient civilizations that appeared all over the globe, you can think of the Egyptians, the Native Americans, the Greeks, Hebrews, Chinese, and the list goes on and on here. But despite the differences between these cultures, their moon myths all had one thing in common, and that's that they recognized the moon's prominence and power in the night sky, just the same as we do in this modern age. Now, each month we have one full moon. And all right, sometimes we have those two full moons in a month, which is referred to as a blue moon. But the, our ancestors had names for everything, and that is the same for the moon. So each of the full moon of each month had a name for it. And I just want to go through those because I just find it fascinating the stories about the moon and the, the names that are the ancient civilizations our ancestors gave to each of these full moons by the month. So January, the familiar name that we know it as is the wolf moon. Now a more uncommon name is old moon or moon after Yule. And this is really taking this name because of the hungry wolves howling that can be heard in the coldness of the night. And it's this time of rejuvenation as the new year begins. It's also time to get organized and establish new thoughts and take actions in a new way, especially if those old ways aren't working. All right, so in the month of February, it's called the snow moon or ice moon. And that's the more familiar name. Now, a more uncommon name is Hunger Moon. Now, within February, we can think of these winter stores that are quickly disappearing that we've 
brought in from the harvest. And this is a time of yearning for new beginnings of the body and the soul. And it's also that time where new beginnings are starting to happen as spring is around the corner. All right, so next we have March. The familiar name is Storm Moon, and the more uncommon name is Worm Moon. Now, as the winter gives way to the thaw of spring, the earthworms are beginning to break the surface. And at this stage, we're looking at that renewal and rebirth as spring is coming. And then we move on to April. The familiar name is Growing Moon, and the uncommon name is Pink Moon. Now this is when spring is coming and it sweeps in with those pink wildflowers and all the new life that is bringing all that green and gorgeous smells that we love in the spring. Next May, and that familiar name is the hair moon and the uncommon name would be milk moon. And this is named because the animals are being birthed and bringing forth their mother's milk and it's this cycle of life force that is all around us and is within itself, really. All right, so moving on to June, we have the familiar name of the Mead Moon or the un uncommon name is Diad Moon. And this is the month of Gemini. And the uncommon name of this moon is a nod to the twins, uh, meaning Diad means the pair. And there's the sacredness of this marriage between the gods and goddesses and the merging of two into one. And as we look at July, which is the familiar, the familiar name is Hay Moon, and then the uncommon name is Wart Moon. And Wart is another word for herbs. And this is the time when the herbs and the medicinal plants are gathered and dried in the heat of the summer and really to start preparing them for the long winter to come. All right, in August, the familiar name is corn moon, and the uncommon name is the dispute moon. Now, corn is really in its plentiful harvest in this month, and it fills our bellies and brings this contentment that allows us to put away our concerns and our anything that might be holding us back. All right, September, the familiar name is harvest moon. And the uncommon name is Vine Moon. Now, this really is the Celtic moon of elation. And it's all in the name of this, of the hard work that we needed in order to complete the harvest, uh, winemaking, or really for all the hard work that we've done in order to bring in the future that we're hoping for. All right, and October is the familiar name is Blood Moon and the uncommon name is Shedding Moon. And this is named because of the time for hunting. And it's also when the deer shed their antlers and begin to rut. And this is that period when the deer breed. And it's in their drive to sustain and create new life that surpasses this deadness of winter. And November, the familiar name is the snow moon, very similar to uh, February, which was also a snow moon, but in November is snow moon. And the uncommon name is tree moon or trading moon. Now, the tree moon is just another Celtic-inspired name. 
And it is controversial in some way that some of the Celts have a tree calendar with each month that corresponds to a tree that they believe was sacred. Uh, some call it a lunar tree calendar. Trading moon really refers to the time when the Native Americans would scurry to do that last minute trading before the winter closing. Uh, and then December to close this off is the cold moon or the uncommon name is oak moon. Now within some cultures, the oak tree is a sacred tree of the ancients and it's the solid enough to withstand the harshness of the winter, straddling the old and the new year in the darkness and the light. So it's this, this place of being grounded and solid when we are in that cusp of going from the old to the new and then also from the uh, light to the darkness, that kind of thing. This is just from some of the research that I've looked at that has the name of the moons now. There are different names for the moon sometimes, but these were the ones that most commonly came up as I was looking through this and doing some research. All right, so to finish off today's episode, the one thing that I wanted to, again, just touch some base on here is the moon as female or the moon as masculine. Now, typically for most of us, the moon is considered a feminine influence and that is by most cultures and she is perceived as this strong and powerful beautiful and luminous but also this mysterious and wise energy and you can actually understand why she has been been assumed as female as the, the phases of the moon really follows the cycle of the feminine menstruation menstruation cycle. Now, some ancient cultures believe that the moon was symbolic of the triple goddess, and that is representing the three incarnations of the female identity, which is the maiden, mother, and the throne. So the maiden was associated with the waxing moon when the moon appears to be growing in the sky. The full moon was the mother, and then the waning moon which is when the moon is, again, appears to be get smaller after the full moon is the crone. And the triple goddess really is the symbol, which is also identified with the Greek moon goddess. And within that, we look at Artemis, which was considered the maiden, as she is the virgin goddess of the hunt. And then we have Selene, which is associated with the mother, as she was the mother of the children and then we have Hecate, which is the crown, and she's associated with the knight. She's associated with magic and is the guardian of the household. She was this wise and influential energy and goddess. Now, as I said, although many cultures see the moon as feminine, there are cultures that actually associate the moon with the masculine. And some of those uh, cultures are the Inuit, the Norse, so that Norse uh, mythology, uh, also some of those cultures out in East Africa and Nigeria, they sort of felt that the moon was masculine. And their stories and their myths go where the 
legend was that there was a moon god and then there was the sun goddess and the story goes on that these two were up in the sky and I mean the stories are quite quite incredible to read and then there is the Norse mythology where where the moon is masculine and his sister is the sun and she is the feminine uh, and it just really talks about how these two are siblings in most of the cultures and um, yeah it's it's really interesting when I when you read through some of the ancient cultures and their beliefs around the moon and the sun. Now I just want to finish off by although we live in a very scientific world and a logical world I think everyone is eager to sort of see and feel and touch these facts that the moon still carries this irresistible sense of magic and mystery and really her appearance alone is so intriguing and she changes so often that no matter how much science we have out there it just seems to be something that is so mystical about this bright orb in the night sky and you know maybe our ancients in explaining the patterns and purpose of the moon really tapped into something that can never really truly be understood and that is one of the things that i love about everything within nature and that surrounds us daily and within ourselves is there's so much there is to discover and to untapped energy and magic that is still out there for us to explore so uh yeah it's incredible and with that if you're interested in exploring a little bit more magic in your life you can join me in my membership magic on the mat and it's where we explore and play and have fun and empower ourselves and open up to our full potential within uh, on the mat whether it's with movement practices and that can be with yoga or just strengthening our body it can also be through meditation and reflection and through journaling where we can open and focus the mind and bring in more clarity and then there's also those moon cycle rituals and practices and then just rituals themselves that may that just bring in a little more magic into our life and open ourselves to those desires and manifestations we want to bring or those things that we would like to release all of that is the magic and miracle of life so i'm going to leave you here thank you for joining me for a little bit of this mystical energy of the moon and i look forward to connecting with you again real soon thank you for listening and go out there and be your fabulous self and 